The Capitals beat the Bruins but lose to the Sharks? Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we will talk about your Caps team that doesn't have a true identity, if you ask me. How is it that the Capitals beat the Boston Bruins, who have the best record in all of the NHL, and then they lose to the San Jose Sharks, who are in seventh place in the Pacific Division. It's just, it's a bit uh, of an interesting thing that I, I've, I've observed the entire season. They can win these big, big games, and then they fall flat on their face uh, against these teams that they should have won. Uh, we'll talk about that in the show. We'll talk about the game against the Bruins and what went well. We'll talk about the San Jose game and ultimately what went wrong there. And then what are the Caps going to do towards the trade deadline? Certain things are getting drawn into focus here. Is that some things need to get changed? Some with things with the Capitals need to get changed. But just to get going here, your Washington Capitals do in fact take down the Boston Bruins, uh, and, and the, it was a big game. You know, I went into it, and there wasn't a lot of feeling that the Caps were in fact going to win that game, but. They ended up coming away with the win. There was big takeaways from it. Uh, Nick Backstrom getting the power play goal. Garnet Hathaway, who's due for a new contract at the end of the season, he contributes and proves why he is so important to this team. And then Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper stepping up, playing big. Uh, and I think it was a big game for Darcy Kemper in the regard that um, – you know, just to prove to everyone uh, that he's still worth it. As we know, he got pulled in a couple of the last games. So for him to go out there and face the number one team in all of the NHL and save 27 of 28, we could not have asked for anything more uh, from Darcy Kemper. But just taking a look at the score sheet on the game, again, a big one for Nick Backstrom, who we know is coming back from that hip resurfacing procedure. And there is no sign, there's no indication uh, to me at all that he is struggling or suffering at all. He is playing in top form. And uh, it was just a game that the Capitals made the most of their opportunities. What do I mean when I say that is that the Boston Bruins were in the penalty box often committing stupid penalties, getting drawn into penalty penalties and the Capitals made them pay. And, you know, Darcy Kemper and the defense slammed the door and the Caps end up leaving Boston with a decisive victory. So riding high as the, the, the Capitals take down the Boston Bruins. And, and, you know, when I say a statement, when some people say, well, what's a win is a win and a loss is a loss. Well, not really. Uh, if you take a look at it, they took down, like I said, the Bruins who have the best record. That was the litmus test. That was the measuring stick for this Caps team as to what they had in the tank 
Uh, and it was a good feeling for after that game. I got to say, after I got done watching the game, I'm like, well, maybe some of the negativity uh, surrounding this team isn't warranted. Maybe they're a lot better uh, than everyone thinks they are. And uh, that was the feeling after the game. I think it was a, a team that was all pulling on the rope, as they say. And uh, it was just a real great team victory. And I think to a certain extent that uh, the Boston Bruins got kind of drawn into those penalty things, you know, Marshand in particular is a real uh, hot, you know, hot under the collar kind of guy. He gets worked up and he's a hard guy to cool down after that. And I think that, you know, especially that Martin Faravari takedown of him, I think that he got really worked up in that. And uh, it was just, you know, all those kinds of dumb penalties. The Caps also did have, uh, you know, their time in the penalty box as well. But ultimately, that's what I would say about the game is that Darcy Kemper stood on his head, made the saves that he had to save kind of to prove to the Caps, to his fellow teammates, to everyone in the NHL that, you know, I got pulled in two of the games in recent memory here, but I am still here. And there's a reason that they're paying me the big bucks to be that number one goalie, to be that roadblock and net for the Caps, that they made a good decision by signing me and, you know, my pedigree and my reputation precedes me. And, uh, you know, I, I do feel good. I think that Darcy Kemper did an amazing job. You know, he only allowed one goal can't really ask for anything more. I guess in a perfect world, he would have stopped them all, but that's not realistic all the time. I think that he he did a big thing out there. And then the other player too, like I talked about, Garnet Hathaway, he is coming up on a new deal. The Capitals have some tough questions ahead, and I'll talk about that in the last segment about some players to come back. But of the players that should come back, and you know, just talking about him in this segment is because of his his contributions, that goal scoring, that fourth line, uh, you know, it, it has been most of the season, Nick Dowd, Garnet Hathaway, and of his, uh, you know, originally it was Carl Hagelin, but we know that he's out, you know, ostensibly the rest of the season. And it's been plug and play with Protus and Malenstein and Mantha and just a plethora of different players. But the steady force of this Capitals team uh, this season by far for me uh, has been that fourth line. And you don't hear that quite often. You think, you know, it would be the top line with Ovi and, you know, Backy and, and Kuzi out there. That's got to be the number one. That's the one that's stirring the pot, right? Well, to an extent, of course, Alex Ovechkin is doing Alex Ovechkin things, which is scoring a lot of goals. But it's that grit, that identity line, that fourth line that has really helped propel this team. You take a look at a lot of other teams around the league and their fourth line is, you know, some, you know, plug players, an AHL player. It's uh, some grizzled old vet that's, you know, towards the twilight of his career. But the Capitals have a really great fourth line. They can score goals. And with Garnet Hathaway on that line, you have that intimidation factor. You have, you know, that tough presence. There are some tough players on this team. Tom Wilson, who is not currently in the lineup, is one of those players. And another one of those is Garnet Hathaway. It is my assessment that the Capitals have to do their level best to bring Garnet Hathaway back to Washington, re-sign him to a new deal. He is an integral part of this team. I know what a lot of people are going to say, well, you want this team to get younger. And they've gone in that direction by signing Strom and Milano. I don't want a team of just all young players. I want the sandpaper personality. So you got Wilson and you got Hathaway, and they're not even exactly the same player. Hathaway 
um, is more of a sandpaper. He's more of a chirper in your ear. He'll drop the gloves, don't get me wrong, but the tough guy, that is more of a Tom Wilson thing, even though he's maturing a little bit more and kind of turning into more of just a bona fide uh, goal scorer. Uh, and just, you know, he doesn't even need to drop the gloves. Like I say in that game against the Coyotes, he kind of just went over there and everything kind of just went away. It's just the fear that something that could happen. So Having Hathaway out there uh, as the chirper, as the guy that's, you know, kind of just getting in your ear and, and aggravating you, and Tom Wilson, you need those kind of players. And there's a place for all those kind of different players on this team. You know, you got Ovi scoring the goals and Sherry, another guy they got to find a, a way to come have come back here. Tough questions that Marcus Johansson, a lot of tough things. Again, I said I'll talk about that in a later segment, but Garnet Hathaway stepped in, really helped uh, in that Boston Bruins game. A tough, grimy goal, kind of up close towards the net. That is what was missing from the San Jose game. And we'll talk about that in the next segment here, is it just seems... You know, that the the Capitals were had that gazelle intensity that they were going to win that game against the Bruins because they knew it was such a measuring stick, and they did that. And I think that, you know, they were just, you know, so pumped after that one and so tired uh, because it was a back-to-back that they played a San Jose game, and I don't want to say a trap game, but I'm going to say maybe a little bit of a trap game. They're like, you know, guys, we, we went out there and we took down the Bruins, the number one in the National Hockey League, we're playing the San Jose Sharks, who are in seventh place. This should be an easy one, right, guys? Guess what? The Sharks threw the kitchen sink at them and subsequently sank the Capitals. So that's what it's all about. You got to be prepared for your opposition. Uh, you know, even if it's the Sharks, those teams are hungry and they want to prove uh, what they're worth as well. All right, so after the break here, we're going to talk about ultimately what went wrong uh, with the Caps against the Sharks. It just seems like it's so simple. They should just be able to play the Sharks, and it should be an easy victory. Why wasn't it? We'll talk about that next. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now, I've been taking it for several months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods for superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. Now, I personally take it because I have young children at home, and maybe if you have kids at home, you can relate. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we're going to talk about ultimately what went wrong. 
against the Caps and the Sharks today. Um, you know, it is a bit of an interesting thing for me. You know, I, I when again, when I watched that Bruins game, I thought to myself, there we go. They're going to go on a roll now. They took down the best of the best in the NHL. They're just going to keep steamrolling. It wasn't the case. What was the case was a lethargic. It was a tired Capitals team out there. I think that they put all out, they put their all out there against the Bruins uh, and they picked up the big W. I think that ultimately... You know, if they would have had a day break in between that possibly they could have played better. Uh, we know that there was also Anthony Mantha out of the lineup because of an illness. Uh, insert Alexi Protus, and suffices to say, he did not play in top form. Uh, some untimely penalties and just some poor play really didn't endear himself to the Caps, I got to say. And, uh, you know, these these this is crunch time. We don't have the luxury of looking down the football field or the ice, whatever kind of measurement you want to look at and think to yourself, well, you know what? We're going through a rough patch right now, but we've got all this time in front of us. We got time to turn it around. We are past that point. We are looking squarely at the trade deadline coming up on March 3rd. Big questions. Teams around the league are getting better and better. Bo Horvat to the Islanders, Tarasenko, to the Rangers. That's just to start it off. Once those dominoes start falling, it's going to be bigger ones. And what are the Capitals going to do to keep pace? They're going to have to keep pace or they're going to get eliminated. Do you think that Islanders team is a lot better with Bull Horvat? You better believe they are. What are the Capitals going to do so they can stay competitive in this Metro? It, you know, again, it's an identity thing for me. That's the biggest thing when I look at this team. Big win against the Bruins, fall flat on your face against the Sharks. It's the, it's the hand in your face emoji, just like, what what is going on? Who is this team? It's it's just, I love this team. It's a bit frustrating to watch them play sometimes because they'll play so great one minute, and the next minute they won't. Four months into the season, it's not clear who exactly the Capitals are, writes The Athletic. Are they a team that beat the NHL-leading Bruins in Boston on Saturday afternoon, or the one that not 24 hours later was undone by a costly turnover, a bad goal, in an unnecessary penalty in a 4-1 to loss to Eric Carlson in the 28th place Sharks. <sighs> this is a tough one, isn't it? You know, it's, um, you know, to lose to a team like the Sharks that are not that great and a team that has Eric Carlson on it. And, you know, it's sounding more and more like he might be on the move uh, at the trade deadline here as well. So it is, you know, it's a team. It's a deplorable team, to be honest with you. The Sharks are rather poor this season. It wasn't a good game for us, Coach Peter Laviolette said. They were better than us in a lot of different areas. We were reaching, we weren't working, and turned the puck over too many times. We just weren't good enough to win a game. And that pretty much summarizes it, you know, and it's not for a lack of trying. The one thing I'll say about Peter Laviolette is he saw that the lines weren't working, so he took the snow globe up and shook it up a little bit and tried to give the Sharks a lot of different looks. And, um... Ultimately, it wasn't enough. Again, I think it was a Capitals team that was tired. Uh, they were getting shots on net, of course. Uh, it's But, you know, they got to stick back to the basics. You know, one of the things that they talk about, goal after the goals like Garnet Hathaway scored against the Bruins. Because if you take a look at it, um, they were getting those shots on net. It's just that they weren't able to find the back of the net. If we take a look at it, uh, so let's see, Dell and Kakanen played in there. Uh, Dell made uh, eight saves on eight shots, and Kakanen made 12 saves on 13 shots. So again, it wasn't for a lack of trying out there. 
I do think that uh, the Capitals did what they could they could do out there. Charlie Lindgren saved 29 of 32. So uh, suffices to say he wasn't totally dialed in. You know, I'm going to be, you know, cast blame equally. I don't think he was totally dialed in. But do I think it was solely his uh, responsibility? No, it was the defense that wasn't playing that great in front of him either. There was coughed up pucks. You know, again, Alexi Protus not living up to, you know, who we saw in training camp. Evgeny Kuznetsov scored Washington's only goal late in the second period to trim uh, San Jose's goal to 2-1, but Aaron Dell did not allow them to get any closer. Dell, who came in relief of injured Capo Kakinen, and is San Jose's number three netminder, stopped all eight shots he faced in the first NHL appearance since December 4th. So isn't that great? Uh, that uh, they get their third string goalie to come in there and slam the door in the Capitals' face. You know, just when, just when their goalie had to catch fire. It's, you know, isn't that just the, the way things go always? When you go to the net, the good things happen. And I thought that the goal was going to give us momentum, Kuzi said. But the, unfortunately, it didn't. The Caps won five games to close out, 11-2-2 uh, and two in December. In the 18 games since, they are 8-8-2. Eight, eight Their only consecutive win book and the team's 10-day break for the All-Star game in the bye at Columbus on December 31st and at Boston on Saturday. So, it's going to be a tough schedule going forward. They play Carolina twice this week. Um, and Carolina, first place in the Metro Division. Do you think that's going to be a tall task? Yet another measuring stick for this Capitals team. We know they got the stadium series in there as well against Carolina. This is going to be a difficult week for the Caps, suffice it to say. So are they going to be able to do it? I think that you're going to be able to see how the the rest of the cap season is going to go this this the rest of the year based on this week and i know that's kind of a grandiose and over the top thing to say but you know just take a look at it boston win a game they probably should have lost san jose a game they should have won lost so you know you put that in a calculator that's coming up zero um and then you take a look they got two games big games against carolina how are they going to fare in those games? That is the big question because, like I say, that is the number one team uh, in the National Hockey League right now. Um, in, in the Metro Division, excuse me, Boston is the number one in the NHL. And then they also have uh, the game against the Florida Panthers, you know, it, which, you know, they've been kind of playing hot and cold as of late. So it is going to be an interesting measuring stick for the Caps um, as, to, as to who they are. I think that, you know, if they could pick up you know, if they could win two of those games against Carolina, then, I, I, you know, everything that I think about this team is changed. But if they say they lose both of those games to Carolina and even win against Florida, you know, it, it's that's just you're kind of seeing who this team is going to be. You know, a pretty good team, but not a great team. A team that can go out and beat the Bruins, can lose to the Sharks, and say they do drop two to Carolina, which it's going to be tough. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say they're going to lose it, but I'm just saying that Carolina is the best of the best in the Metro right now, and it's not even really that close. So it is going to be difficult. You know, again, I thought Boston was going to be rough, so anything is possible. You know, again, if they can go into Carolina, you know, or if they can play both of those games against Carolina and win both of those Again, a big momentum change, but say they lose two of those, it's going to be a big thing there. And it's going to be, you know, almost insurmountable uh, being that, the, you know, those games are in the Metro division. Those points always mean, mean the most, right? So 
Um, a lot's going to be determined here. And, uh, you know, I think that a lot of it's going to unfold for the Caps. Take a look at the Islanders with Bo Horvat and all that. These are the games. The Caps are in the, in the, in the spot of the season right now where they got to win these games. There was no reason that they should not have beat the Sharks, a deplorable team, a horrible Sharks team. Um, they should have won it. You know, I'm glad they beat Boston, but just taking a look at it, they've got to find a way to win these games. And But you know what it is? It's not dwelling on it. It's moving on because if you just sit there and dwell on why didn't we win this game, then you're going to struggle the rest, the rest of the way out. What I know for right now, Tuesday night against Carolina, let's be ready to play. Let's be ready to play. Let's hope that Wilson can come back soon and to really help out this team. And I ultimately think if there's going to be a game changer they're going to have to pick up that depth forward. And if Carlson's out, that that uh, um, defenseman out there that's going to help this team. Otherwise, I think the Caps are going to be setting up tea time earlier than they ever have in recent memory. All right, so after the break here, we're going to talk about what moves uh, you know, around the Capitals are going to be uh, you know, possibly taking place here. I know I've spoke about that a lot in this podcast, but it is coming up. It's crunch time. Trade deadline is on March 3rd. What moves are going to happen and what moves are going to happen in the offseason? We'll talk about that next. Midway point of the NBA, NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and the threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about the caps. Are they buyers? Are they sellers? What is going to happen at the trade deadline? What is going to happen in the offseason? You know, we hear a lot that Lars Eller is probably playing his last season with the Caps. Same goes for Anthony Mantha. If they can find a taker, what is going to be the case here? So just taking a look at it, if the Caps solidify a spot in the playoffs, McClellan figures to bolster the roster. If they struggle, it's possible, if not likely, McClellan will be in sell mode for the first time since he took over in 2014, writes The Athletic. Washington has qualified for the postseason eight years running. The last time I remember them not being in the playoffs was during the Adam Oates years, uh, the one season, as a matter of fact. So... It has been some time uh, since that has been the case, and we really don't hope that's the case. And if it's the latter, the Caps feel like they're well-positioned to sell with 10 unrestricted free agents, including forwards Lars Eller, Garnet Hathaway, Connor Sherry, Marcus Johansson, and Nicholas Abe-Kubel, as well as defensemen Orlov, Jensen, Van Riemsdyk, Gustafsson, and Matt Irwin. Connor Brown and Carl Hagelin are also UFAs, but are currently on long-term injury. And, you know, taking a look at that, who do I want to come back? 
Garnet Hathaway, Marcus Johansson, Connor Sherry, Nicholas Abe Cubell. Um, I guess if I had to pick a weak guy out there, I'd pick Lars Eller to be gone. If I had to on the blue line, Nick Jensen. And, you know, I guess, you know, gun to the head, I guess I would say Matt Irwin, even though he has done nothing but done, you know, played a good job when he's been called upon. Again, the guy you can put in the deep freeze and thaw him out and he plays flawlessly. Um, Those are the tough decisions that I don't have to make that Brian McClellan has to make. Obviously, all of those players aren't going to come back. And a lot of it, like they talk about in this article, hinges on the Caps performance. Are they going to go on a winning streak? Are they going to tank? Then if they do tank, you might see a lot of these big players move on to something else. If they go on a hot streak here, you might see Brian McClellan go out and try to bolster this team. But there's one thing you guys got to know as Caps fans. If this team, like I talked about in the previous segment, say something catastrophic happens and they do lose two of those big games against uh, Carolina, and you know, say they even went, they lose three in a row, for example, then they're in the mode almost for being sellers. It's getting to that point uh, where they might be sellers and there's just not enough runway to turn things around. And don't get me wrong, Brian McClellan did everything he could do by getting Kemper and Lindgren to help solidify this team, getting Connor Brown and Dylan Strom to fill the holes where Wilson and Backstrom left. It's just ultimately, it just doesn't seem like it's enough because of the myriad of injuries that has faced this team. Let's face it, Tom Wilson and Nick Baxter missed a good chunk of the season. Tom Wilson is out again. Nick Dowd is out. John Carlson is out. TJ Oshie is in and out and in and out of the lineup. Um, This is all part and parcel of dealing with an aging core. And I understand that younger players can get injured as well, but we're really starting to see into focus the aging core of this Capitals team. And, um, you know, especially Oshie, he seems to be getting injured more than he ever has in the past. Um, So tough questions lie ahead. And it's, you know, everything is going to hinge on the play of the Caps here, uh, you know, up to, you know, within this week. You know, they have those, those three games this week, big games, decisive games, statement games you know again if you can win these games it could change everything if you lose them that can change everything as well so with that as a backdrop here's what i'm hearing about the caps as the deadline approaches age was a big reason the caps and the nhl's oldest team targeted forward stroman milano as the first players to be signed a priority for the past year has been to get younger and by signing strom who's 25 to a five-year deal a 25 million extension and milano 26 to a three-year five million deal. McClellan did that and locked up a couple of players he believes to be good fits in the short and long term. The Caps have got to get younger. We're all getting older. So are the Caps, you know, and we talk about the Alex Ovechkin era and, you know, he wants to be on a competitive team. He's 37 years old and he's got three years and change left on that, on the deal that he's got. And then, you know, the changes are going to keep coming uh, no matter what. The Caps initially intended to take a wait-and-see approach with Milano, particularly after his underwhelming second-half season in Anaheim. But after a five-goal tennisist outburst in December and January, McClellan decided he'd seen enough to warrant an extension with a 1.9 million cap hit. And I love it. I love that deal uh, with Sonny Milano. Solid deal. I have no misgivings about that. I think that that was a good thing. So who's next? It's believed that McClellan has connected with the agents for all the caps remaining free agents. 
to get an understanding of their position. And he's currently in the process of determining the next steps. For some, that could mean an acceleration of formal negotiations. For others, the team is taking more of a wait-and-see approach. Who are those players that's a wait-and-see approach? It's going to be the blue line, of course, because we know John Carlson's the only one under contract. We want to see what this blue line does for the remainder of the season. Um, if any of them start to drop off, those are going to be the first ones to go. I'm all in on keeping Orloff and Gustafsson and Van Riemsdyk around here, Faravari as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's tough questions. Obviously, they can all come back, and I'm glad, ultimately, I'm not the GM because those are tough decisions to make. But Caps fans, let's hope the caps can turn it the the caps can turn it around. I don't want to go down a negative rabbit hole. It's just a bit deflating. It's like someone took, you know, a, a knife and stuck it into the side of your tire and you could just feel that positivity and that swagger just drain out. Uh, you know, after the it got inflated from winning the Bruins, then the sharks came and took that shiv and just psh, right in the side and you're like, "Oh, who is this team ultimately? You know, one minute I think that, you know, they're a team that's on the rise. They take down the Bruins and you're pumping your fist. Yes, this is the team I remember. And then they play a game like the one against the Sharks and you're like, this reminds me of the Golden Knights. This reminds me of, you know, the Avalanche, even though I know that wasn't an apples for apples comparison. But just those big games or the Maple Leafs, for example. So in any event, the Caps have got to find a way to turn it around if they want to be competitive. And I am rooting for them more than anyone to do big things this year. Let's hope they can do it. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.